Hey, 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 it's Christoph Jenkins, founder and creator of The Poet Life. And listen, y'all, it is season six of The Poet Life podcast. And it's been almost a year and a half since I've been behind this microphone in front of this screen. And I am absolutely uh, uh, amazed and excited to be back uh, with you all. And uh, it's a lot has changed a lot has happened i put that on the mic for for about a year and a half mainly because i had to focus on the business focus on the business uh trying to manage podcasts and you know gain clientele and enhance our services and things of that nature you know business comes first i i, I gotta be honest business comes first uh, but I'm back in it. I've learned so much more and I'm excited to uh, pro pro provide some more value uh, to you all. Now, this first episode of season six is going to be a little different. Uh, as you can see, I'm already here with uh, a, a, a business partner of mine, a friend of mine, a fellow poet, uh, Lula, Portia the poet. Really excited to have her because. We are going to do the origin story of the poet life, which means I'm not the host today. I am actually the guest and Lula, uh, she's going to introduce herself, is the host for today. So Lula, thank you so much for indulging me. Uh, yeah. Lula is our, our uh, media director at the poet life. And so she's been doing an amazing job and, uh, You'll see what happens here. You'll see how amazing she is. Lula, what's going on? Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. All right. Awesome. Everything's going on. Season six of the Poet Life Podcast. Yo, this is amazing. I'm so excited to be able to open up and build a, another foundation um, with the Poet Life. And opening up the season six is such a beautiful thing. Um, the number six within itself has everything to do with business relationships, family, growth, uh, connecting more. So uh, shout out to the Poet Life and podcast season six. I hope you guys are excited, just excited as we are. Uh, once again, my name is Portia the Poet, CEO and founder of Lyrical Healing, the most intentional platform there is. Um, I am a poet at heart. I've been writing poetry since sixth grade, and it's became not only a lifestyle, but a career for me. I'm located here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, I've been hosting poetry events for the past four years. And I've morphed those events to not only um, incorporating music and art, but also acting and film. So um, if you guys want to know a little bit more about me, tap into my social media at Portia the Poet. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get this interview slash conversation going. Season six, episode one, Christoph Jenkins, CEO and founder of The Poet Life. Wow. Can you give me just some insight on the foundation of the poet life um, and its origin story? Uh, man, I haven't had that question asked in a while, you know, and it's just interesting how things played out. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the poet life was a byproduct, actually, um, where we started with fighting cancer with poetry. If you look over my shoulder, there's a painting there that was painted about eight years ago. Um, 
and uh, an artist, a visual artist, who partnered with us for a uh, what we call a poetry jam fundraiser uh, for for cancer. We were raising funds and awareness for cancer, and uh, we would put on these these poetry events where we galvanize poets from everywhere, uh, busboys and poets and other places. And, you know, all of the poets would write and perform poetry in relation to cancer and, and cancer-related poetry. And, uh, you know, we would raise thousands of dollars and donate it to uh, cancer research and families who uh, have been affected by cancer. And so uh, that actual program of that organization, Fighting Cancer with Poetry, came from a friend of mine uh, who was diagnosed with osteosarcoma uh, cancer. We, we were raised together pretty much in the same church, Justin Islar. Uh, he was diagnosed with osteosarcoma cancer at the age of 18, freshman year at Coppin State University in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, he, he was struck with that illness and, and fought for seven years uh, and unfortunately succumbed to his illness at the age of 25. Um, yeah. And so, so it was, it was wild because when he passed, I didn't know that he didn't start writing poetry until after he was diagnosed with cancer. And so that just told and showed me that if he could use poetry as a healing mechanism, as a coping mechanism, a way to uh, find peace, and but also to uh, leave a legacy, right? Right? because this poetry now lives on uh, through us and, and, and throughout the world, because after he passed, I his mother if I could write the obituary poem. And so I actually had to ask her a question. I said, can you do me a favor? Can you indulge me? Can you can you just tell me, talk to me about Justin? And she just poured out and shared with me. And I kind of translated all of what she said into that particular obituary poem. You know, that poem about, uh, in the back of the, of the bulletin, uh, mm -hmm. right? And um, from there, a year later, the year after his passing, first year anniversary, um, it was from New Year. So he, he, he passed January 2nd, 2012. So 1212. And uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to make sure that his family did not spend New Year's just, you know, in it, you right? Um, just super sad for New Year's. They have to do that every year, every New Year's. You know, that's that's a tough situation, right? New Year's is usually supposed to be exciting, can't wait for the new year, and 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 so that's there for them. And so I wanted to make sure that they had family surrounding them. Um, and so I just was inviting uh, friends and family folks from the church and Ultimately, it ended up like a whole event. We had to, there were so many people that were saying, I, I hear that you're putting on this on for the Islar family. I want to come. I want to come. And so I, I, I actually had to rent out the church basement uh, so a, 
all of the people that were interested in contributing their time, their efforts, and their money uh, ended up being 75 people there. And it was a whole program. We ended up raising like $4,000 and donated to the organization um, uh, that Justin was connected with trying to find, you know, the cure for his form of cancer. Uh, long story short, after the event, they were like, all right, so what do we do now? I'm like, we go home. We, <laughs> what, do we, what do you mean? Like, this was amazing. Like, so, like, so we, do we start a nonprofit? Like, what do we, right? And so, lo and behold, you know, I never do anything just to do something, right? And it, it, it has to lead into something more. And so that's what that happened. I, I started a nonprofit called Fighting Cancer with Poetry. And uh, I, I ran that nonprofit for roughly three to four years leading up to, I think, 2015 or so. And now a nonprofit really is a nonprofit. You know, it's nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't learn, I didn't know how to, you know, build out a salary and all of that. And so, I said to myself, I don't want to stop this. Um, so what I need to do, because I, I need funds. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of money out of my pocket to keep this nonprofit running. And so I said, I want to start a for-profit uh, that is in the same lane of poetry. And so I didn't just start going to sell cookies or something like that where it didn't make sense. You know what I mean? I, I built a... A community and a brand of poetry uh, and uh, affecting a great cause. Um, so I said, I want to start a for-profit and it has to be about poetry. And for the longest, I've been trying to figure out how and where there's money in poetry. How can I really start a business? And I started going deep and deep um, into page like 17 of Google. <laughs> wow. You know, like Where's the money in poetry? And right. um, I got to a page in Google where I found an article, article on Bloomberg or some, some business website where they interview these poets that found a way to start making money with their poetry. And they wrote haiku, right? And they got hired to write haiku on typewriters uh, at parties and, and events. And I was just like, oh, what is this? What's going on here? Okay. And, and the article was just saying how they've been able to create a living through poetry and, you know, this form of this format of how they presented their poetry. And so I'm telling you, it was like three o'clock in the morning. I was that wow. engulfed in, and like right then and there, I got on, uh, well, not Amazon, but um, eBay. I got on eBay.com, and I purchased a typewriter that night. <laughs> you got right <laughs> to it. <laughs> I was also to typing poetry, the haiku out, and I didn't want to reach out to them uh, because I wanted to you know, start posting my haiku and, and I wanted them to find me. I wanted to create value, show them that I was serious. A lot of what I teach, right? 
to show them that I was serious. I just want to reach out for a handout. Hey, they found me ultimately after about several months and said, hey, we're out in New York. We're actually coming to D.C. on, on, on Amtrak and um, meet us at Union Station with your typewriter. And they interviewed me and tested my haiku skills by freestyle. They gave me a topic or something like that and to see how fast I could knock out a haiku and how clever it could be. I was just like, no, this is no, this is yeah, this is different, you know, and all of that started to light up within me. If you all want to check them out, they're called haikuists. They used to be called the haiku guys, um, but now they're haikuists. You can find them on Instagram and their website, haikuists.com, I believe. And um, I still work with them. I've been working with them ever since, and it's 2023. So we're talking roughly eight to nine years, like around 2014, 2015. Um, so, but that right there opened my mind to the possibilities of poetry. And then the for-profit for me was the poet life. And uh, actually, it started off as a clothing line called Poet Life Gear. Because for me, I wanted to see poets uh, in uniform almost, right? Like, because so many times at open mics, poets just, you know, they just came from work and and go straight to the stage. And yeah. all that's wrong with that, but like, if we're going to take things to the next level and be taken serious, like, if you're looking at me right now, you can you can show, you can tell that I'm serious about what I do because I have a polo with my logo on it, poet life, right? So when people see that representation, they're like, okay, he's a little serious about this poetry thing here, right? And so I wanted poets to be represented and and to present themselves as professionals, and they had somewhere to go to actually get some clothing where they can walk down the street and be recognized as a professional poet. That's where Poet Life Gear came. And then it just started to evolve just based on the need and the demand of uh, education, engagement, and entertainment. So uh, I know that was a long story, but that's where kind of where it all came from and where we are now. Let's get into it. It's time to create an unforgettable experience at your next event with The Poet Life by booking a keynote poet. Poets excite your audience with motivating messages, charismatic delivery, colorful rhythm, powerful prose, and heart-filled stories with a style of spoken word that's tailored specifically to your event. The Poet Life has keynote poets in your city of all ages and backgrounds. Visit thepoetlife.com to learn more and book your poet today. Wow, that was very emotional. That was very, <laughs> that was very emotional. I, I didn't realize that I would be both like that. I had to swallow tears. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to just send out some prayers for Justin because his his life created the poet life. You oh. know, so so um, there's this saying that when when someone passes on, someone mm-hmm. else something else is born. So that transaction that you guys shared was was wow. That's very very powerful. Um, I I had no idea that the poet life had transitioned um, from a, a cancer foundation. Wow. So um, is the foundation still going strong? So good 
Question, good question. So actually what I did, because I knew that I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into one thing, right? Because poetry is just so vast that right. I dissolved the nonprofit and now it's a program under the auspices of the poet life, right? And so we still do events and we still do fundraisers and things of that nature. And so the, the mission is still there, right? And that's why I have the, the painting up and uh, we were, we were doing we were doing events at the White House uh, when Barack Obama was the president and on the National Lawn in D.C. Right, and so we plan to like really get heavy back into it. Um, but yes, it is still uh, the mission is still on, but the nonprofit isn't. Uh, we currently transition nonprofits. Now we have Poet Life Academy where we teach kids how to express themselves through poetry. Okay, cool. I think that we should definitely um, keep incorporating uh, Justin's legacy into that and, yeah. and making sure that we keep his legacy alive um, because I feel like the more we pour into his legacy, the more the legacy of the of the poet life will, will expand. Indeed. So I think we definitely should build on that. Okay, cool. That's beautiful, wow. Okay. Um, well, I think that because I'm I'm pretty new with, you know, building a relationship with you, um, I've had opportunity to talk to you about a few things, but I haven't had an opportunity to really like pick your brain, pick your brain. So uh, I wanted to know, well, I wanted you to share with me the first client that you pitched um, a project to. And well, and this can be a client that you got turned down with or a client that ended up being a success with just share that story with us okay good 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 i like that so here's the thing there's been some you know instances where we've done some work but like our first service uh, honestly really was when my uh my daughter my my oldest daughter roughly around when she first started school, like mm -hmm. preschool, and uh, um, I was in the school owner's office uh, talking to her about my daughter or something. I can't remember what it was about. And I think I had a Poet Life hat on and and we were talking and then she just mentioned, she said, I like that hat. Uh, tell me about it. And, you know, do you do you work with kids? I was like. I was like, yeah, we, we you know, help kids express themselves in poetry. She was like, okay, do you teach classes? Do you have curriculums and things of that nature? I was like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have anything at the time, but I saw where the conversation was going. Yeah. I knew there was a question of, can you do that for us? And so, lo and behold, the question came, and, uh, you know, she said, well, can you send me something? You know, I said, and it was a Friday and I said, not a problem. So once I give me a, you know, give me the weekend, <laughs> give me the weekend and I'll, you know, email you uh, what we have going on. We would love to work with you. And I'm saying two weeks later, we were in the classroom as in we, when I say we, I mean, it was first, it was just me. Um, but when we got the opportunity, 
I knew futuristically that I didn't necessarily want to be planted in the classroom as the teacher and as the CEO. And so that was my opportunity to hire another poet who was great with kids. And uh, a friend of mine, um, Lucky, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her here in the DMV. Uh, you know, she's an awesome poet, but she also is great with kids. And so she actually taught the class, the first class, I think it was a Monday. Uh, they, they had us in at the school uh, twice a week, I think Mondays and Wednesdays, if I'm not mistaken. And the first class, the owner of the school came in and saw how engaged the children were, right? They weren't, wasn't deep poetry because it was preschool, you know, but it was a lot of fun, interactive activity. And she just shook her head and, and walked off. And so I was like, okay, is that a good shake or not? Um, but afterwards, she told me, she said, how did you get little, I don't know the kid's name, but how did you get little John John to, you know, feel engaged? Because we, we couldn't get John John to talk, you know, at all. And that was a sign to show me and her that poetry is functional. Poetry is educational. I mean, people forget poetry taught us how to read. And right. so she told me when I left the class, she said, I texted uh, a friend of mine who owns a business where she has um, an after school program in several schools. She said, I texted her and told her what I just saw, and she wants to meet with you. Two weeks later, we were at three more schools. So in a month, in less than a month, we were in four schools. Blew wow. my mind. Yeah. It's it like was a domino effect. Domino effect showing excellence in what you do and um, opening your mouth. That's the biggest thing. Like, like there are so many poets that and family that don't know their poets. Right. Right. Um, and so to answer your question, I was just bold enough to say, yes, I have services. And that was our first opportunity. And it just started to expand. And in the end, we ended up in about 12 schools in the DMV doing after school programs, in school programs. And um, that's how things started there, and, and and it's just been great, you know. And um, I I simply want to keep sharing as I go forward with other poets that may be in the same position, behind my position, in front of my position, wherever they are. I want to show them the possibilities of poetry. Right. I think that's important. Uh, I think that's really important. But I, I feel like. Um, for me, I'm, I'm coming to realize that what's even more important is opening up the door for poets who don't even know that they are poets mm. and, and actually breeding poets. So what advice would you give to or, or what tools 
would you use to engage um, not even necessarily just the younger community, but an artist or an individual who's just a regular nine to five person to get them more interested in poetry? Gotcha. So you're asking someone that is currently not so much in poetry to get engaged with poetry? Yes. Mm. You know, it's the relatability. I, for those lay persons, if you will, the people that, you know, um, my question is, I already know they like rappers. Who's your favorite rapper? And and I'll go in that direction. And uh, I ask, you know, if if we turn the music off in the back, the beat, if we turn the beat off and it was just the lyrics, would you, would you still appreciate that? People studying Tupac's lyrics would like read them in a book and um, listen to the lyrics as poetry. And so, what would be the difference? You see what I'm saying? Bridge that gap. Yeah. 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 Kanye was on, Kanye West was on that poetry jam once. All of them was. <laughs> Everybody was on Def Jam poetry. But you know, he was already an artist then, mm -hmm. I, believe, I believe. And he just did one of his songs without the music, and it was straight poetry. So the question is, what's the difference? What, why? Because it started off as, in your mind, started off as rap. Would you be still attracted to the lyrics and the poetry? but not the other way where it started as poetry. And, um, you know, and I understand most people, the extent of their knowledge of poetry is when they were in high school and they were studying and analyzing dead poets' poetry. Yeah. You know, right? The, but not the current life experiences in today's spoken word poetry and right and so um so i get it i understand why they aren't but i would just say open your mind to the possibilities of how functional and educational and how awesome poetry is and how awesome poets are mm -hmm. so that's 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 the angle i would take Okay. So what's your process? Um, I, I've never really heard any of your poetry. I do kind of want to like challenge you to do some little freestyle poetry if you open to that. But mm -hmm. I first want to know your process. Let's get, let's get the seat warm first, but what's your process with writing? You know, uh, so for me, and, and here's a, some, a, a gem, if you will, um, just for people in general, because uh, when I first started, I thought I had to be a spoken word poet, you know, um, because that was the rave. And it, I mean, it still is, you know what I mean? Uh, and that was, that like, kind of helped me in bondage almost because I don't have, a, I don't have the passion for the stage. And I don't have the passion for memorizing and 
And that work of the poetry, the passion for me is the writing, right? And so when I first started, um, you know, I, I tried my hand at spoken word, I did well. And, uh, you know, when, when um, uh, Trayvon Martin was killed, I was at all the rallies performing um, a piece that I wrote related to have you seen the movie um shoot it was a it was a denzel washington movie um uh, and there was a poem no the, the poem was uh who will cry for the little boy mm -hmm. um man i forgot the name of the movie but i kind of took the rhythm of that and um reworded the poem in relation to Trayvon Martin, you know, um, I was I was I was on the circuit as far as these rallies that were happening during that time. Um, but again, for me, the passion was the pen and the paper, not so much the stage. And so, um, my father, when I was younger, because I was frustrated, I was like, "Man, I love poetry, but I don't love the stage. Like, what do I do? I still want to get my poetry out there." He was like, "Well, what if you did this?" This is another element of the possibilities of poetry. He said, what if, like songwriters who don't know how to sing, what if you wrote poetry, the, the, the love and passion that you have for, for writing poetry, what if you partnered with and matched your passion for writing with actors and those who have a passion for the stage? Yeah and you created poetic productions i was like oh man i got into that super heavy started getting booked as um as that poetic production where i had i was creating dialogue um, conversations but in poetry form and i got my first opportunity at a church i paid three hundred dollars and, and it was a dialogue between two people, uh, and 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 the, the dialogue was 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 rhymage and and um, standing ovation, and I was just like, I think I found my lane to where ultimately uh, one day soon, I haven't done it yet, but one day soon I will create a play where instead of they instead of them starting busting out, start singing, they'll <laughs> just start. With, with spoken word, you know, in one of those scenes and things of that nature. So uh, I'm a page poet for me, and I love gotcha. haiku. And uh, so that's, that's where I am. But I, I did want to share that because there's a lot of poets that are in bondage because they feel like um, they can't be a poet if they're not a spoken word poet. And you got the people outside of poetry Oh, so, well, give me something, perform something. Well, that's what I do. Oh, you ain't a poet, you ain't a poet. And then they get on this side from the poets that say the same thing. So they're just like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm putting down the pen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to share in relation to that. Okay. And what I'm getting from that is, and it's, it's so much confirmation in that, what I'm getting from that is um, we have to find our lane. We have to find what works for us. 
what we're most comfortable with and where we where we can still express ourselves in totality, but it doesn't have to be the same way that another that another poet does. Because yeah. for me, I'm a very emotional poet, so mm-hmm. performing would be my one one of my strong points because I want to be able to visually show that emotion. But um, with a, with a poet like yourself, you're more so on the um, the programming of the poetry, the writing of it. So we could come together and make a powerhouse. And I feel like that's kind of too how you build those relationships and collaborations. Because yes. with your words and with my um, physical imagery, that's a masterpiece. That's what it is. And that's what the industry of poetry looks like. You know, it's like, oh, your strength is this. Oh, your strength is this. Let's bring our strengths together. Like, let's not spend all of our time on our weaknesses. Let's kind of focus. Yeah, let's, let's, you know, not just let our weaknesses be weaknesses. You know, we'll, we'll spend some time on it. But, like, we're not going to spend all of our time on right. our weaknesses. We're going we're gonna, to, you know, leverage our strengths so we can move forward. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So with your your writing structure, do you have a chronological order that you go in? Is there a subject, title, body, ending and conclusion, or is it just uh, sporadic and come, you know, by second nature? Yeah, you know, so it's interesting for me. I I don't really write poetry for me, but for whatever reason, um, I actually have the ability to write poetry in the voice of others. I I can translate a conversation, I can translate a a paragraph into a beautiful poem, uh, right? And and I can translate, you know, someone's emotions into a poem. My frat brother taught me once, and it's my anniversary, I need something like really, uh, I need to do something different been doing this that and third. Um, could you write me a poem? And you know, I'll pay you on this that and third, pay me a hundred dollars to write a poem for his wife. And and I said, okay, cool. It's not just gonna be any old poem. I need you to again tell me about your wife. Right. Right? So it's not a, a default poem or just a you know about random poem about love. And so I said, I mean, just, you don't even have to verbalize it. Just type. Just tell me about you and email it to me. Page that he typed, translated into a poem. I said, make sure you incorporate some terminology and some names, nicknames and terms that she would recognize and smile over. Man, he called me the next day and was like, that was the best one hundred dollars I've ever spent. <laughs> because, I know that's right. Because at first he's like, oh, it's a whole lot of money for a poem. And I said, well, just here's the thing. Don't don't think about the money you spend. Just think about the response you're going to get. He was like, oh, okay, right. And so he was like, man, that was the best investment. Right? And that's that's another thing that I teach the poets. Like, don't be so afraid to name your price because you're confident in your services. You know that you want to crush it, right? So because you can pretty much guarantee 
and awesome experience. They're going to forget how much you pay or how much they pay because they're going to see it as an investment and, and they got their return on in, on their investment. And so to answer your question, um, I, I, uh, poetry is like a, a puzzle. Um, I, I determine my direction, meaning the theme and the topic. And sometimes I just, I just write, I free write and get the thoughts out there and kind of shift it around. So sometimes the first part will be the end. You know what I mean? I, okay. I just get the thoughts on paper. Um, and uh, sometimes it's a rhyme, rhyme poem. Sometimes it's not. Uh, so I have the ability to do the spoken word, um, even in page form, to where those who read it uh, can't. Because you know, some sometimes spoken word poems are hard to read on paper. Mm -hmm. You know, because the spoken word poet will say a line differently and with a different tone, and right. right. And so. So I'm I'm very cognizant of that to where I write in a way they're not like how do you which way did it, was he trying to say with with what tone yeah. I, I, yeah so I'm very strategic in that way um, uh, because I know the difference but to answer your question it's like a puzzle for me so I kind of move things around and see how they mm -hmm. how they best present in the end. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So is there a good poem a, a good poem and a bad poem or is poetry just poetry? It doesn't have a you know a level of greatness. There's a good poem and there's a bad poem. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. There's some good ones. Now now at the same time, if you feel your poem was great, great. However, I am always open to, to constructive criticism. Always open always. to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm always open to learning and enhancing my presentation. So hey, if, if this wasn't, if, and, but it also can be just this isn't your cup of tea because some people don't like rhyming poems. Right? So, yeah. so yeah, you know, but I've written a rhyme poem once um, for my my um, stepfather's funeral. And uh, my stepbrother was like, you know, I don't usually like rhyme poems, but I like them. Not just for the emotion of it, because that was my father, but I like the way you structured it. It wasn't da 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 It wasn't that. It was still spoken word-ish through the rhyme scheme. So, okay. Well, um, referring to the poet life, I know that you've got a natural niche for connecting with the clients and things like that, and it's pretty much like secondhand nature by now. But has there ever been a moment in time where you had a difficult time acquiring a client, where it took you some time to actually get there? You know, get on their good side. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, it's a it's a skill in acquiring clients. 
Um, it's a skill that you have to learn and fail at. That's a skill too, to be okay with the nose. You have to mm. be, yeah, the skill. It should be a confidence. I was going to say confidence builder, but most people are like, how would it build your confidence? Um, for me, it builds my confidence in the fact that I stay consistent because if you think about yes, it like this, right? If you think about it like this, it is not the yeses and the noes, it's the reps. If you commit to the reps, meaning the repetition, the consistency of, okay, I'm going to reach out to 50 people this week, whether they say yes or no. Right. And through my commitment and my consistency, I'm, I'm going to get better. You, it's you're in, it's inevitable that you will get better at a thing because you'll, okay. I know I kind of stuttered right there. I was a little nervous. Maybe I can say it a little differently next time. Um, okay, she almost said yes this time, but I think I said something wrong, right? And so it isn't about, um, man, this ain't working. They said no 10 times. Well, what about that 11th time? You stopped at 10. And that 11th person was going to say yes, because you got with your pitch, you know, you've done it 10 times, right? Um, where they said 10,000 hours, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. Right. Um, in those 10,000 hours, they said they didn't say anything about how many yeses and no's. It just said put in the time and get the experience and eventually you'll get so good because you had so many no's mm. that you know how not to get a no. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, for me, that's mastery. Uh, it was the consistency that I committed to um, and uh, by a byproduct of the consistency, we started to see some yeses. Now, here's the thing. I'm huge on building brands. So it only takes one yes to get this whole ball rolling. What I mean by that is you get one yes, and then you start documenting your process with that yes. Because now, when I say documenting your process, I mean publicly doc documenting your process, right. showing the work, right? It's a show and tell, show them and explain how and why and what, right? And so by them seeing you do the work, there's other organizations that are hearing and seeing, hearing about you and seeing you do the work. So he can do that. Yeah. So, oh, he's working with that, that organization. If they believe in him, then we need to as well. And then the other organizations started start to pop on as well, to where we don't have to pitch as much. So 
it's been a while where we really haven't had to do a lot of pitching. We've just been doing a lot of accepting because people were reaching out to us. That's beautiful. Okay. So on a bigger scale, um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in manifestation and I'm pretty sure there's some organizations and people that's going to be tuning in to the Poet Life podcast. So what three organizations, major organizations are you looking forward to working with? I like that. I like where you, I like how you think. That's why we work together. It's yes, absolutely. Um, I honestly want to work with an MBA team. I want to work with an MBA team. I know it's possible because um, one of our previous guests, uh, Blues, B-L-U-Z, uh, his Instagram is Blues, 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 uh, out of shock, yeah. you know him. Right. Yep. He works with, um, he worked with NASCAR. He works with the Charlotte Hornets. And um, so, so uh, if you haven't seen that episode, go check check that out. So I can't remember what season it is, but go check that out. Blew my mind in that episode. And um, so an NBA team, um, I want to work with an international organization, whoever that is, but like not just an organization in another country, but an international organization, right? Got you. Um, you know what? I, I need to do a better job of writing down who I want to work with. Yeah. Now that you ask that question, I need to, I, you know, I, I am, I will work with, anyone that sees the value in us and what we offer um but i will that will be a challenge for me to write down some organizations that i want to uh work with and start manifesting and working towards working with them so I, i'm absolutely yeah okay and as far as the basketball organization um how how would the poet life in this organization collaborate Gotcha. Good question. So how I see poetry and how I understand poetry to be, um, poetry is a creative, attractive way to present a message, which means anybody and everybody needs that, right? Because everybody's trying to figure out a creative, attractive way to present their message. And everybody has a message, right? That means poetry can add value to any industry. So we see it all the time. You know, the NBA connects itself to causes, um, but also they do a lot of introductions at the beginning of the game, the intermission of the game, the ending of the game, like blues. Um, uh, when folks were back outside after COVID, basically welcomed people back into the stadium at or the, the Charlotte Hornets stadium with a spoken word poem. Just like yes, no. dope spoken word poem with the music, atmospheric music in the background, um, different scenes of Charlotte, basically welcome back. We, COVID is over. You know, 
we back outside, basically. And that almost is huge. That's yeah. Huge for the NBA wow. team to see the value in spoken word poetry, just poetry in general, and said, I think it would be dope to welcome the people back with a heartfelt spoken word piece in the middle of the uh, um, the at the half court line and different um, landmarks in Charlotte. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, okay, cool. It's full, it's full circle. I'm, I'm glad that we're interconnected too, because um, Blues is, has been one of my mentors here in the Charlotte scene. He's one of the OG poets that I've followed throughout my poetry career for the past four years. So it was amazing to, you know, see him on the Poet Life podcast and then um, to see you guys together. And then yeah. I'm running into him out in public. It's just like, wow, we kind of like little, you know, we celebrities, you know, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, is a fraternity slash sorority anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so, poetry is what connects us. So, you can literally fly to a different country and say you're a poet, and they're like, oh, family, give me a hug. You know what I mean? And, and that's what ties us together. And so, that's why I encourage poets. Listen, shoot somebody a DM and say you're a poet in this city, this state, this country. You would love to work with them in some way, form, or fashion and watch their eyes light up. Like, oh, yeah, that's a poet from the United States. They want to work with me. Yeah. You see what you're saying? Indeed. Okay, cool. Do you have a favorite poet? You know what? It's so interesting that you asked that. I don't do favorites. Okay. Top three. Top three. Uh, ooh, okay. Okay. Got you. Mm, um, I would have to say, oh, man, that's hard. Um, I would have to go Obi West. Okay. I know Obi. I work with Obi. Yeah. Obi You're going to take you there. I'm say. Y'all go follow Obi West. O B B I E West. Natural, the natural. Yeah, he's gonna take you there. Oh man, every time. Ob West, Brandon Leak. Okay. Not because he won, but because he's a beast. Because he's so versatile, it's crazy. Crazy. Um. Man, who's third? Uh, Georgia Me in Atlanta. Mm. Yeah, Georgia Me. Okay. Shout out to the top three poets. Yeah. That's that's major. Now y'all got an accolade that y'all was shouted out by Christoph Stevens <laughs> on the Poet Life podcast. Yes, Bravo. season six, episode one. Yes, okay, indeed. cool. Cool. Let me see what else I got in the in the box for you. This is like a a one time thing, you know. So. Uh, being the the host and not on the other side. It's just right. like... Isn't, that, isn't it weird? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so many different avenues and lanes I can come at you from. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, be versatile with it because I know that 
you know, you are the CEO, but also you are a poet and you're yeah. also a human being too, you know, right. let's, let's right. not forget that. So mm-hmm. we got to mix it all in there. So, um, cool. I'm gonna hit you with this one. So, hmm. wait, no, let me switch it up. Let me switch it up. Okay. Um, hmm. Got you. So in a universe full of poetry, what three lines would save humanity? Poetic lines. Yeah. Three poetic lines that would save humanity. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we're going freestyle time. Let's go. I have to say, It's finally time for us to work together. It looks like the weather has changed for the worse. Mm. Only, and I mean only, if we work together. That's all I got for you on the freestyle. (laughs) Okay. God, that just reminded me of uh, who cloned Tyrone. Did you see that movie? I saw, you know, I don't know if it was because it was so late when I was watching it that it was a lot. I think I need to watch it again. I didn't make it through it because it was just a lot. Yeah. Watch it again. It's definitely one of those, but I think that I think that the the world is on that vibration of realizing that we it's time for us to come together. Right, right, yeah. right. So no, I definitely need I need to watch that again. And I need to also watch Spider uh, the new Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or something like that. That was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah go, go to the movies to see that though. You need the you need the full throttle experience. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, my wife and I tried to spend our, you know, alone time, you know, after we put the kids to bed and we halfway tired, well, all the way tired. And so we were like, let's watch something. And then we'll throw something on. And then when it's, when it's like one of those, we're like, what is this? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Those, that's probably not the best time to watch those types of movies. So I, I gotta get back into it. So, um, but yeah, yeah, no, that that's that, I like that question though. Yeah, I think that that's a really important question because it lets it lets me know what vibration you're on as right. as, a, as a human and where you're thinking. Not um not necessarily materialistic, not necessarily uh selfish, but more so selfless because you're on the vibration of the collective you know there you go. well yeah. you know that that's the mission that, that's the mission of the poet life it's not too many things that i can create wouldn't run through uh, the community first or just period you know what i mean like hey what do y'all think of this or or what i'm providing is adding value to the community so yeah, now that that's the head space I'm in. I think I was just my brothers and I were just raised that way, you know. Um, and uh, it, it's community first, man. Because without that, like, what do you have? 
there was no there's no like there's no block parties there's 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 no you know the neighbor watching you your, your kids and you watching their kids you know what i'm saying like yeah without that you don't have too much yeah a lot of the times we wouldn't even know what's going on if someone else didn't tell us you know yes you know a lot of the times we wouldn't have as as many resources as we did if if we weren't collectively pulling from one another, whether it be ideas, whether it be yeah. um, just realizations, you know, I, I'm, I myself, I like to bring people to the level of understanding that money isn't everything, mm-hmm. you know? And when we come to that understanding, we know that the value is love. The value is community. The value is building relationships and connections. And I think that's one of the major things that I picked up on with the poet life. How, you know, after we finish these projects with the clients, you're like, okay, that's not it. It's never, it never ends. How do you keep the relationship going? How do you add value? You always talk about adding value. How can we add value to the client? How can we continue this conglomerate? And I think that that within itself creates more and more opportunities, not only just for us, but the other poets that we're breeding as well. Yeah, it's relationships. It really is. Whether it is personal relationships, love relationships, business relationships. And so that's why I said it only takes one relationship one opportunity to get this ball rolling because even with that one relationship like i told you with the school my daughter's school it extended to three other yep. schools because of the relationship you have with that one person who also has a relationship with another person or when a project an event is successfully uh, you're now like, okay, how else can I serve you? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? This isn't all that I do. Because I'm a poet, I'm an octopus. Like, I, I'm a jellyfish with te- tentacles, which means I'm a poetry event planner. I am a creative strategist. Because I'm a poet, makes me a creative mind. That means I have creative ideas that you can leverage, right? So I can sit in a meeting with you and a a meeting of of your colleagues where you all are simply, you know, discussing how you all need to grow and and I'm simply a, a, a fly on the wall just listening. And at the end of the meeting, I can tell you where you can do something better or where you can uh, i know you're saying that the budget isn't large in this area but we still need to get the books or or get the laptops and things like that. let me show you a creative way you can increase your budget right so when i'm able to articulate that that's different yeah that's that's definitely um lucrative on, on many levels yeah. so um I, I know we got a lot to delve into this season of the poet life season six so can you give us a like a slight insight on what's in store for season six? Oh man it's so good it's so good i like marvel a lot marvel okay. studios 
I just watched Eternals uh, last night, and I knew nothing of Eternals. I, I was never a comic book person, right? So all of these, you know, it's new to me, Eternals and Avengers and, you know, so so I just appreciate how Marvel has created their own world in worlds. Right. Worlds, characters, um, and that's how I see the poet life. And that's mm. how I'm presenting the podcast. And this is like my format or my way of presenting the origin story. You know how they will do a movie, right? Um, yeah. And then go back uh, yeah. and, and you'll see all of the characters' stories and things of that nature yeah. and how it all can be. So that's how I'm seeing how we go forward. Um, I, I see I see us reconnecting with Brandon Leak because we have the opportunity, the auspicious opportunity to interview him like the night before his winning episode of the Golden Buzzer and everything where everybody found out he won um, the night before, right? Um, but we never had the opportunity to follow up with him to see how things are and have been going for him. Uh, so reconnecting with Brandon, Brandon Leak, um, but not just, here's the thing, the best part about the Poet Like podcast, we focus on the poetry industry and, and that means we're connected to other industries. So we're going to show through conversation with guests how poetry can add value to so many other industries by inviting other industries to have conversations with us and we can discuss how poetry can be functional and add value to them. So really excited. We won't just see poets, you'll see CEOs. And I mean, uh, I think it was season three that we had for Forbes magazine as a guest. Wow. Right. So it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Okay. Awesome. Me too. Seems like we're definitely um, up in the ante on season six and bringing everything full circle. So I'm excited um, to continue to be a part of the Poet Life team and bring all of my valuable insight and leadership skills. Um, I'm actually um, embarking on the journey of focusing more on myself as a poet, opposed to me hosting these events and spotlighting everyone else and building everyone else. It's time to build portion of poet. So um, I'm studying, I'm learning, I'm literally, um, I'm a leader within the department, the social media department with the poet life, but I'm a student, um, you know, working alongside yourself. So I like to personally say thank you so much for just um, trusting me to, to have this conversation with you and open up season six. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, for sure. And you know, we got to have our one-on-ones once a month. For sure. I know you have it in you. You 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 have the skill set. You you have what it takes to create a life that you want to live. Um, it, it may take some guidance and some help and some you know experience from another, like maybe myself or. Um, um, but I I can definitely see it happening. And uh, if 
I have anything to do with it, I'm going to help you make it happen. I appreciate that. I'm totally looking forward to that. I I, I forgot that um the monthly meetups. I forgot all about them, but I'm I'm about to start. Right on it. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. Cool. This intentional work. Yeah. So I'm excited uh, for your um, for your future because here's the thing. It only only it behooves me to help you. Because as I often say, it's best for me to partner with another entity than to partner with an individual. Right. So to help enhance and evolve you and transform you into that strong entity will only help and enhance the entity of the poet life. Absolutely. Right. So when I'm in conversations with the organizations, I can say that, uh, you know, yeah, the Poet Life is in partnership with Lyrical Healing, LLC, who's also our media director. You know, oh, wow. Yes. Instead of real you know, good. Yeah. that person's name, they're like, okay, who's right. that person's name? Right. So, so it sounds and looks and feels and works better. Absolutely. So, so let's let's grow lyrical healing, and uh, uh, let's grow together. I'm excited to work with you for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm I'm affirming that. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Listen, y'all. This was just episode one. Uh, I am listen. I'll, I'll be transparent, and Lula doesn't even know this. Um, before I to record, I was like, man, it's been a year and a half. Um, I might push this like till next week. Um, I don't know if I'm ready. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if the podcast is ready. But then I was just like, relax, man. relax. It's time. It's time. Yeah. And Let's do it. However, ugly it is, we're going to work to make it pretty. With the breeze. We're going to start wherever that, however that looks, and we're just going to keep enhancing it until it looks amazing. So I'm just excited. I don't know if y'all can see the difference in our presentation, but uh, just one week ago, um, I just updated the home office into the now podcast studio here. Got the greenery wall over here. I painted my back wall. My wife let me let my wife let me paint the back wall black. Uh, I don't know if she changed her mind yet, but hey, it's black already. So uh, you know, yeah, I think it looks good. Y'all, let me know in the comments what you think. If you can see the difference, if you saw previous episodes, um, but I'm looking forward to uh, moving forward and growing and. Uh, you know, imparting some knowledge through myself, but also through the guests that we have conversations with. So, Lula, thank you so much for, you know, uh, being a great sport and being a host. Now, here's the thing. It only takes one opportunity to see how awesome you are in this space as a host. Yeah. So, so 
Y'all gonna see Lula doing some, doing a whole lot more. As a matter of fact, now that we're talking about it, so um, again, I never do anything that's for one time. It, it it has to progress into something. So Lula, even when in the in the vein of Marvel, you know how they do spinoffs and things of that nature. So we're going to do a spinoff. So Lula, now that she's a host um, in this episode, she will now be hosting Behind the Poet Life. It's a it's an Instagram show, possibly transforming into a YouTube show, but it's an Instagram show where she'll be um, interviewing all of those who work behind the scenes of the poet life going forward. And uh, she'll be interviewing me, uh, other team members, and we'll be discussing like the ins and outs of working on certain projects and events and things of that nature. So you walk and see the BTS, yeah. the behind the scenes and things of that nature. So I'm excited about that. So what do you think yeah. about that? You're excited? Yeah, I'm excited about that. I, I think that um, that's going to give us a movie feel that makes me think of like the Poet Life movie. You know, I, I, that just brings it all into big screen, all of this film and production that we're doing, because that, that's a part of, produ of a production. You know, we'll have to have a treatment for that, just like I had, you know, a mini treatment for how our conversation would, would flow tonight. So um, I think that it's just all working a part of a bigger plan um, in the Poet Life multiverse. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like awesome. that. Yeah. Y'all, welcome back, everybody. Um, a lot has happened. Uh, we now have the Poetry Business Network. Uh, the Poetry Business Network uh, is a network of poets around the world. We have about 144, I believe, so far in a Facebook group. So we want to invite you. It's no cost to you. Uh, you know, we do daily challenges called the Poetry Business Challenge uh, early in the morning, 9 a.m. on Instagram at The Poet Life. Um, but in that Facebook group, you can get the challenges, you can connect with poets, you can ask questions on, on your journey, uh, how to do a thing, how to get a resource, whatever it might be. We just want to be a community uh to assist each other and connect with each other so i encourage you to go to poetrybusinessnetwork.com it will take you straight to a uh the facebook group and and join us and uh let's have a conversation let's keep the conversation going on a daily basis so we don't have to do this alone that's the biggest thing so many poets try to do this alone and it takes longer and it almost is impossible so uh, we encourage you to connect with us. Um, our west website is thepoetlife.com. Again, everything on social media is The Poet Life. And I am Christoph Jenkins, and this is Lula, our media director. And we're so glad to be back. It's The Poet Life, folks. We're out.